Hello, I'm Dr. Rodney E. Barlow. Welcome to Building Life's Podcast. Today, I'm going to continue with the teaching of what does it mean to cry out to God. However, before I begin, I want to ask you to subscribe to our podcast so you can hear other teachings from the Word of God that is designed to build your life. At this time, let's begin. You see, the Bible is filled with examples of times when God answered the cries of, of His people. Individuals cried out to God and God heard their cries and delivered them. So you ask, what does it mean to cry out to God in prayer? Cry out to God from the depth of your heart. You're expressing your feelings, your fear, your frustration. You are being honest to God about your desperate need for his help. You see, we might cry out to God as a response of a heartfelt news concerning a loved one. A cry, a spontaneous response to an urgent need. Maybe to a response of a desperation of your marriage, of your family, or a loved one, or a distant family member, or somebody else that their situation impacted your life. You see, there's various reasons why we may feel the need to cry out to God. And I'm going to share with you at this time two New Testament illustrations of people that cried out to God and how Jesus moved on their behalf. Now, the first one is found in Matthew chapter 14, beginning with verse 22. Now, this word cry out means the word cry or cry out. You're going to see where Peter cried out to Jesus. Now, it begins here. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples to get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now, when the evening came, Jesus was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now, okay, the wind's contrary. So I want you to see the picture here. Now, in the fourth watch of the night, okay, in the middle of the night, Jesus went to them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking out of the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately, Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, Come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he, meaning Peter, saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He did something. He cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hands and caught him. Now look at that. Peter said, Lord, if it's you out there in the sea, bid me to come. Peter came out the boat. Peter walking on the water. And then the wind, he saw the wind became boisterous, okay? The key, he began to sink. Don't wait till you're almost at the bottom. But when you see yourself begin to sink, maybe in your marriage, and your finances, the situation's get, getting worse, cry out to God. And there's certain things that Jesus wants to respond immediately to you. So I thank God that Peter had enough sense to cry out. And I want to encourage you, whatever you may be facing, Cry out to God, and I believe Jesus wants to respond to you immediately. Let's look at the other illustration. It's found in Mark chapter 10, 
beginning with verse 46. Now they came to Jericho as he went out of Jericho with his disciples, and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. And when he had heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then many warned him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good cheer, rise, he is calling you. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to him, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said, Rabboni, that I may receive my sight. And guess what happened? He received his sight. Why? Because he cried out to Jesus. You may be in a situation right now that you don't see things getting better. Or you don't see, I don't know, what should I do? That's a good opportunity, a good reason to cry out to God. Let me share with you some characteristics of a cry. Crying out to God is an act of desperation and total concentration on God. It is a fervent expression of faith in God and trust in His goodness and God's power to act on your behalf. So you may ask the question, well, what should our posture should be? Very good question. Our posture should be one of honesty with your feelings, with your frustrations, with your fear. Honesty towards God. You want to be honest with yourself and you want to be honest with God. You see, when a situation becomes so desperate, that only God can deliver you, a cry represents a total unconditional surrender to God. God, my eyes are on you. But I want to encourage you, don't try to bargain with God. Leave your life in His hands. You see, the psalmist says in Psalm 66, verse 18 and 19, If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear. In other words, if I cherish, if I hold on to that thing, the Lord is not obligated to answer my prayer. But certainly, verse 19 says, God has heard me. He has attended to the voice of my prayer. So I want to encourage you, do not hold on to any pet sins. Let go of that um, strife. Let go of that bitterness. Let go of that offense so God can hear your cry to him. Not only that, but 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 19 says, Nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands, having this seal, the Lord knows those who are his, and let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. You see, 1 John 1 and 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So what our posture should be? Of true humility, genuine humility. Oftentimes, it is very difficult for people to admit that they cannot solve a problem or overcome a habit or an obstacle. But it is true that we need God's help. You see, humility is about being totally dependent on God and His Word for help. God delight and encourage us to have a, a heart of humility, a heart of brokenness, and a contrite heart. You know, the Bible says in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, God is speaking to his people. He says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Notice, once we do our part of humbling ourselves, 
and praying and seeking God's face, God said, then I'm going to move, guess what, from heaven and intervene in your situation. Psalms chapter 9 verse 12 talks about God does not forget the cry of the humble. Another um, psalm says, The Lord, you have heard the desire of the humble. You will prepare their heart. You will cause your ear to hear. So a good posture should be of one not of, one of honesty and secondly of humility. Psalms 34 verse 17 says, The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and save such as a contrite spirit. So God is near to those who are humble. God is near to those who are honest. God is near to those who maybe you've been crushed in your heart. But God's ready to intervene. He, he wants to minister to you. He's listening to your cry. So you may ask, what does it mean to cry? What is a contrite spirit or a contrite heart? A contrite heart does not take the forgiveness of God for granted. It is grieved over its own sin and what that sin cost the Son of God. See, contrition is a key factor in true repentance. Without it, we are like the proud Pharisee, going through the motions of religion, but harboring arrogance in our hearts. You see, contrition agrees that a heart intent on following Christ must reject evil in all its forms. A contrite heart harbors no thoughts of repeating its sin. Rather, it seeks the strength of God to overcome sin and move towards holiness. You see, the psalmist says in Psalm 51, verse 17, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and a broken and contrite heart. These, O God, you will not despise. I like what the prophet Isaiah says in chapter 57, verse 15. For thus says the high and lofty one, who inhabits eternity, who name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place with him who has a contrite and humble spirit. To revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. See, God wants to revive you. He wants your future to be better than your present and definitely better than your past. Another posture we should have is a posture of helplessness and desperation. See, the Bible talks about in Second Chronicles chapter 14, there's one gentleman, his name is Asa. The Bible says he cried out to the Lord his God and said, Lord, it is nothing for you to help, whether with many or with those who have no power. Help us, O Lord, our God, for we rest on you. And in your name, we go against this multitude. O Lord, you are our God. Do not let man prevail against you. You see, he had enough insight, enough knowledge about God that, hey, God will help me if I have a whole lot of people with me or if it's just by myself. The key is you've been helpless before God in your desperation crying out to God. There's another man who was a king named Jehoshaphat. And he was in the battle and they were about to kill him. But he did something. What did he do? Second Chronicles chapter 18 verse 31 says, So it was. When the captains of the chariots saw Jehoshaphat, they said, It is the king of Israel. Therefore, they surrounded him okay, to attack. But Jehoshaphat cried out, and the Lord helped him. And God diverted them from him. They are about to kill him, but he cried out. You, you might be in a situation that you seem like it's over for you. But I'm here to let you know it's not over till God says it's over. Your job is to cry out to God and receive the help from God. Psalm 18 verse 6 says, The psalms declared, In my distress, I called upon the Lord. I cried unto my God. 
He heard my voice out of his temple, and my cry came before him even into his ears. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16 says, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. You can have confidence in our Heavenly Father's love that he wants to help you when in your time of need. You know, the Bible says in Lamentations chapter 3, verse 22 and 23, it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fell not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. See, you want to cry out to God and put your faith in God's power and God's resources. You see, when you cry to God, you acknowledge God's ability to do what no one else can do. During the storm on the Sea of Galilee, or do your or during your own storm, guess what? You can cry out like the disciples did. They acknowledged Jesus' power to rescue them, and they cried out, and the Lord saved them. You know, Jeremiah 32, verse 17, one of my favorite scriptures, and you might hear me say it quite a bit, I, I have a whole lot of favorite scriptures. It says, Our Lord God, behold, you made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. There's nothing too hard for you. See, when you go in prayer, go in knowing there's nothing too hard for God. See, the word of God works when we work the word. And no Psalms 18:30 says, As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is proven. He is a shield to all who trust in him. So I would encourage you, cry out to God. Use these principles and watch what the Lord will do on your behalf. God bless you.